Welcome to Pink Noise Posse. This is season two of Amplify Your Gold, and I'm your host, Very Sherry. I broadcast conversations with mindset shifters who are showing up in service of elevating our human potential. Excited to be back on the airwaves at Cafe Racer Radio after a holiday break. We didn't know it at the time of recording this episode that we would air at the start of the new year, but here we are. Welcome to 2022. It somehow seems fitting that today's guest, Cara Dwindeller, is called upon to help individuals achieve their goals. And she shared the top three problems she solves for clients as a hypnotherapist. Anxiety, sleep disorder, and a desire to quit smoking. I'm going to drop us into the part of our conversation where we were relating about something we all need more of, self-compassion. So we were just talking about the season two episodes that you've listened to so far. Yeah. And I was really intrigued to hear that you found some common through lines. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, it's a lovely combination when you can see how different different practitioners can be, what they're bringing, what their offerings, what their talents are, sort of where their hearts are, are residing in the work. And there's also these through lines that I think a lot of people, no matter what their background or what their focus is to help others, that a lot of us are going through some of the same challenges. And I think one of the things that just, just kept coming up for me, like, oh, there it is again, is this idea of self-compassion. I'm noticing how uh, good it feels for me to hear that a message you got was an abundance of self-compassion being discussed. Well, I mean, I think that's part of your, the heart of what you're doing, right? I mean, it's all from this wonderful, good place. And I, I think sometimes different fields where the goal is to help others are sort of the last, the last ones to you know, to step up to the buffet, if you will, you know, and, and I think that in creating a community like you're, like you're doing with the Pink Noise Posse, there's this, this idea that when we step into our own self-compassion, we can just, you know, fill each other's, fill others cups up more. So, yeah. And what does self-compassion mean to you? You know, I, I think it's bringing some more conscious awareness of a double standard that I often have of how I would treat a friend or more importantly, how I would want my friends to treat themselves in any situation and how it's, it's almost goofy how I'm like over here thinking, well, everybody else should absolutely do that. But mm, maybe I'm, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a, it is a little goofy. So for me, it's, it's checking out. I mean, I, I love the work of Kristen Neff and uh, Christopher Gurner, I believe they have this self-compassion workbook out there, which um, I've, I've found to be incredibly helpful in my, in my own personal journey, but sometimes it's just giving yourself the time to not just listen right? It's like not just pause and listen to what's going on inside, but to ask yourself some questions, right? Like that's what I, I love 
when you can, you know, when I can be working with a client and, and ask them questions that maybe they've never been asked before. And you can see that on their face and they're like, oh, wow, I get to discover this, this whole, you know, this whole area over here. I didn't even know we're shining a light on now. I didn't even know that was there. And for me, the self-compassion piece is not just, okay, what would I want the dear people I know to be doing for themselves, be giving, be saying to themselves, but also what questions would I ask somebody if they were struggling, if that was the kind of support they were looking for. So yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun to be your own, your own questioner, right? <laughs> so I'm imagining as you have these experiences with others in asking the question, and I got to watch the look on your face, you know, this kind of, as they, <laughs> you know, imagine going into a place that they've not been asked to go to before. Is that then an opportunity where you get to explore that later for yourself? Sometimes, you know, I think sometimes the reason that I'm right for some of the clients that I work with is because I've started crossing that bridge or, or walking up that trail ahead of them, right. Or in my own journey, but I've already started exploring things in a way that maybe they haven't been introduced to, but sometimes, you know, it's not necessarily the other way around, but there have definitely been times where I've been so inspired by a client session and that's encouraged me to level up in some really healthy way. So what's alive for you in your business right now? Gosh, you know, there's, I would say there's three areas. There, there tends to be sort of trends of these waves of certain things that people want to work on. And all of a sudden I'll have a couple months that go by and it's, it's like 30 or 40% of the people who reach out are all coming to me for nail biting. You know, for instance, right now, oh, this, where my heart really is and what I'm really loving is helping people who are experiencing excess anxiety and worry and don't haven't quite learned their, their own skill set to be able to interrupt those unhelpful, you know, self negative self-talk or that worry about what if might happen in the future. And our brains are really good at creating these thoughts. And it's unfortunate in that so far our culture doesn't really have a um so far, our culture doesn't have a way of teaching us how to deal with that, how to interrupt those thoughts, how to notice, hey, my brain is having a thought. I can do something else rather than just go down this path. And so I love, I mean, there are some things that I absolutely use every day for myself because, of course, you know, it's, it's a practice, not a destination. But there are things that I teach people that I know when I see them, if they have, you know, if they come to me for a second session, I can see the way they talk about these really simple, often fun techniques. It's 30 seconds, 60 seconds, these beats throughout their day, day that they're doing this. And it's really empowering to be able to give people tools so that they don't need me anymore. I mean, uh, people are kind of delighted by the fact that I'm always working myself out of a job with folks. My goal is always to help my clients make the changes they want as quickly as possible at the pace that's right for them. And sometimes that's just a matter of, of two, two or three sessions. And I love that. So there's the anxiety, the worry, that whole, that whole piece. The second 
that I really love uh, is helping people be nicotine free. And, you know, that's only something I help people with if they want to make that change, if that's what they're drawn to. And gosh, I really do. I know, you know, some clients who have come to me that have really battled um, some challenges of, of being really connected to different substances, different foods, and nicotine is just, it is a rough one for a lot of people. And it can be very disheartening when people, you know, try and, and don't succeed on their own and hypnosis. I mean, I think a lot of people out there when they've heard about hypnosis, besides in the movies, it's because they've maybe talked to somebody who's helped them quit smoking. So it is, um, but that's for a reason because it works really well. I had the second session uh, with a client yesterday and she's been using nicotine for 19 years. She went from smoking cigarettes to vaping and just, she was just stuck. You know, she had her little vape pen with her probably more than most people have their cell phones next to them. And gosh, talk about loving that, that facial expression, that moment of them lighting up. We started that second session and she was just like, what is this magic? What happened to me? You know, she, she, you know, her body was going through some phys physical response of getting nicotine fr free, but she didn't have an impulse once between that first and second session. And that's, I mean, <laughs> it's so exciting because you know, the ripple effect when people are able to not only be healthier, but there's this sense of freedom, this sense of empowerment. I mean, when you're really able to make such an awesome change in your life that before felt so hard, everything else feels a little bit more lighter or a little bit more, the curiosity is peaked of, well, if I can do that, what else can I do? Right? Like that's, oh, I love that. So there's the anxiety worry. There's the stopping nicotine, putting, putting nicotine into your past. And then the last one, oh, which is, which is, you know, it's a little complex, but it's really, it's a really wonderful thing that hypnosis works really well for is helping people sleep better, falling asleep, falling back asleep. Um, we have some myths around sleep that are not really helpful for us and can create some, some sort of worry patterns in the middle of the night. So, and I mean, you know what it feels like to have a day or two or night or two where you're just struggling to have that sleep, you know, it affects every, every aspect of our life. So that's, that's just, I mean, when somebody comes to me to help them sleep, it's, it's a fun journey. It definitely is because sleep specifically has so many nuanced elements to it. And it's something that we can't say, okay, I'm going to do this or not do this. Okay, sleep, let's go. Right. It doesn't work that way. Um, so it's, I, I'm, and it's, it's nice. I get a smile on my face. Those, you know, those times in the middle of the night where sometimes my body will wake up for, you know, different reasons. And maybe, you know, I have a few moments where I'm like, okay, okay, body, let's go back to sleep. And I use the tools I teach because they work, they work really well. Yeah. One of the people I see, I'm on the client side. Um, she says, I'm like the best sleeper of any of her clients that she works with. And I'm, you know, she sends, she sends folks my way because it's, you know, it, it's just, it's where my heart really lies is those three areas. Yeah. I'm imagining, cause you see, you see the results. The results are immediate. Absolutely. You're, you're either sleeping better after a session or you're not. You've either removed the impulse 
to use nicotine or you haven't. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a real binary. Like it's black and it's mm-hmm. white. You, you either are or you aren't. Especially with nicotine, especially with behavior habits, right? Changing your habits around food, habits around what it is you're putting in your body. Sleep, yes and no, because we I, I would say you don't want to make it binary because if you have a rough night of sleep, that doesn't mean that next night's going to be rough. So it's part of what our brains respond really well to is by being able to start noticing those little moments of success, start moments. And sometimes they're big, but even the small moments when we say, you know what, I moved through that craving for an hour longer than I would have yesterday, or I slept for 10, 15 minutes more than I have in a really long time. And some people it is binary. It is night and day, but you know, it's, it's like I say, the, for some of the changes, it can be like a light switch. It's changed. I would say for a majority of us, it's more of a dimmer switch. It's sort of like, you know, if you've been at a restaurant and maybe it's like a little romantic restaurant and all of a sudden you look around and you're like, Oh, the, the lights got darker, but you didn't really notice that shift, sometimes it can be like that, especially with like worry and, and thought habits around those things. So yes and no, it can be binary and it can be something else. When you were talking about the client that you helped with a nicotine addiction and the idea that what else is possible when you were saying like, they were able to imagine, well, if I can do that, what else can I do? And I, I noticed an excitement in my own body, just listening to you. Mm. I could feel this expansion. I've spent the last two years really practicing um, the edges of my comfort zone and what happens when I step outside of them. I think 2019 was the year where I wanted to identify what the edges of my comfort zone even were. And then the next year it was, well, what happens when I, when I, I push on one of the, you know, boundaries that I thought I had, what does that feel like? What's that experience like? That's actually part of why I'm doing this work this next week and going back into the prisons with the realness project. It's because a year ago, the idea scared me. I, I knew the work was going on and I thought, yes, I am getting certified as a facilitator in this authentic relating work. And I imagine myself using it in my work life. But if you had told me then that I would be one of the ones delivering the trainings in prison, I'd be like, you must be talking about a different Sherry. <laughs> That's exciting. How neat. So do you find when you find those edges, press against those sort of imagined or created boundaries for yourself, do you find that it makes you want to find more boundaries to test them out? Yeah. yeah. It's addicting. Nice. Oh, yeah. I like it. That's it's great. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you might've used the word like even liberated when mm. you talked about freedom for your, for your customer. And I, I love dreaming into that freedom, liberation, what happens when you set down the ideas of what you thought you could or couldn't accomplish or do or experience or say or feel 
And here you are as a practitioner making that your life mission. (laughs) I talk with a lot of people about embodiment practices and how many of us, and I'll speak for myself, I didn't have a relationship with my body in terms of a conversation. I wasn't aware of if I was having a reaction, an emotional reaction, I wouldn't have been aware of the body sensations that that were building in me before I reacted to a situation in order to press pause or make a different choice. I just wasn't aware. And I'm imagining in your work that you've that you have built an embodiment practice for yourself. <laughs> I think it's really quite a new chapter for me in the last couple of years to notice how much that we can do, not only by noticing what our physical response is, but also by getting ahead of, of it. So what I mean is we can do things with our bodies that give our mind that comfort, that compassion that allow us to take that pause. So allowing our nervous system to relax a bit so that we can be starting at a baseline that is a little bit more comfortable. It's a little bit more relaxed. It's open so that when there is a trigger, when there is that really scary email or news story that we come across or whatever it is, that sound we hear, that we're coming from a, a lower baseline and we we react, but we're not already at that overwhelm place, right? It's it's noticing that. So there's ways of speaking to our brain through our body that are pretty remarkable, but I know I've just scratched the surface as far as that. Like I love being able to teach people breathing techniques, things that they can do like wiggling your toes because it tells your body you don't you don't have to run anywhere. There are no tigers to run from. So it really does communicate with your amygdala that fight flight freeze response. You don't have to you don't have to run away. One of the reasons why hypnosis can be such a great modality for so many people is it's bringing from the subconscious to the conscious that awareness. It's bringing that limiting belief or that operating system, right? Our brains love to put things into reflexive response. That's why if you drive a car every day, you don't think about putting your keys in the ignition and hitting the gas. You're just doing that automatically. Our brain loves to put things reflexively. So it does that all the time subconsciously, including these thought habits. And, you know, most of the time people come to me and they've already tried a few things to stop or to start whatever change they want to make. And when we can get into a state of trance, a state of hypnosis, it allows us because the conscious brain is still there. It's just quieter. It allows us more of that communication with our subconscious. So we can understand more what those limiting beliefs are, or those blocks are, or those stories that we're playing in the background and that we're operating on. And so we can bring it to the awareness. And sometimes it's just the awareness that allows for the shift. Sometimes it needs a little bit more massaging, a little more, you know, playing around with it, you know, massaging it. But sometimes just the act of saying, oh, oh, that makes sense. That part of me that still 
wants to smoke or thinks it's a really good idea to play over, you know, over in my mind as I'm laying there in bed, all the worst possible things that could happen the next day, that part of me, oh, that's what it really thinks it's doing. It thinks it's doing a good job. It just has been working in the back of the warehouse. It hasn't seen what's going on out, out here. So I don't know. I, I love, I, I ask myself, there's a question I ask myself every day, at least a few times a day. And it's just simply, what am I believing right now? What am I believing right now? Anytime that I notice that I'm like, Oh, this is not, I'm holding myself back from something that I want to be easier. I'm keeping, I'm, it even feels hard to get up off the couch and go, you know, do something, whatever it is. What am I believing right now? And so when you have the awareness of what that belief is that's underneath the action or inaction, then you can say, okay, that was a, that was a belief. What else could I believe in this moment? And picking beliefs that are not a million miles away, but that's like, oh, okay, I could, I could believe that. That's a little, that's a little bit better feeling belief than, than what I was just believing in that earlier beat. So yeah, it's all for me. That's, that's awareness too. And that's why you're the master of reframe your brain. <laughs> Before we wrap up today, Caridwen, I wonder what else you might want pig noise listeners to know about you, your work, your practice, what keeps you up at night. <laughs> what else might you want to share? Sure. Um, well, hypnosis is something that sometimes people don't have a lot of awareness around. There's sort of um, an unfortunate fictional portrayal in the movies about it. And I just like people to know, even if they just want to have a conversation and ask some questions about what is hypnosis, what is trance, what, what can it do? you know, what's within the scope of that practice that they can reach out to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I'll put a link to reach you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Hope your new year is off to a spectacular start. We're always grateful to know what folks resonate with. Please leave us a comment anytime. Next week, a deep dive with Serena Meyer about emotions that are disruptive and how the point of that is to be with them and see what they have to teach us about ourselves. Until then, keep mining and shining the gold within.